Welcome to the Carveline Tech Service Podcast, the go-to industrial coatings podcast. Here are your hosts, Jack Walker and Paula Jamis. Hey, Paul, how's it going? Going good, Jack. I think we're going to start a new thing. What, that you found your way back to the studio again? Dude, people, like, <laughs> yes, I changed buildings. You didn't you would, forget how to get to this one? You would think I was a... F- invader in foreign land <laughs> at both buildings at this point huh i have no home <laughs> but i think we're gonna start a thing because we've gotten a lot of traction with our new intro it makes me feel a little bit more professional yeah but, but i think we have a chance to be interactive here i would love that so what we want to do is put it out there in the world if you want to be the intro announcer for a month of Carbline Tech Service Podcast, what you need to do is email me a recording of yourself saying a couple things. First, it's going to be your name and who you are. So if it was me, I would say, hello, I'm Jack Walker. I'm the content strategist for Carbline. Then the next thing that you would say is, you're listening to the Carbline Tech Service Podcast, the go-to industrial coatings podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Paula Jamis and Jack Walker, or whichever order you want to do. That sounded really good. It's like you've done that before. I may have done that a time or (laughs) two or a hundred. hundred and three? Well, no, because we stopped. Oh, we stopped at a hundred, yeah. So. Our guest host started at 100. If you want your voice on this thing, everybody's phone has a little recording device in it. Record that. Email it to me at. Technical service at carboline.com. All right. So now we're going to continue down our shirty episodes. (laughs) We are going to, um, actually, we had a submission. From from a a longtime friend of the show. Friend of the show, Jim Kunkel, uh, super fan. He sent us, you know, I I joked when we got this email, you know, there's the expression, there's an app for that. (laughs) I feel like we should change it to, there's a spec for that. Because really there is. And you got to hand it to SSPC. They have specifications and guides for most of what we do in the coding industry. Mm-hmm. So he uh, trashed our episode, called it shirty. Yeah. And then uh, suggested that uh, we take a look at this guide. And that is Technology Guide 27, which is the recommendation for performance properties for liquid applied organic polymeric coatings and linings for concrete structures and municipal wastewater facilities. So although, <sighs> although SSPC has a guide for just about everything, I think their goal is to get all the words in the English language into the title of each guy. It's like a band name from the 90s. It really is. (laughs) You know, those emo kids (laughs) (laughs) with their sentence band names and their sad feelings. I guess, could we make an abbreviation out of this one? I don't know. We couldn't make an acronym. Let's see. uh, No, I give up. There's too many. Yeah. 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 Never mind. Not a word. So anyway, what this is, is it gives us really good guidelines for how to coat concrete in wastewater environments. And the reason we decided to do this episode now is we're going to reference this document probably through the entirety of this series. Absolutely. Because one of the things you need to keep in mind, most of the time, a, a high number of the percentage of the work in a wastewater treatment facility is on concrete. And the specification gives you all the shirty definitions that you need. Yes, it does. <laughs> I, 
I, you're, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be pausing and breaking thought every time, and I know it's coming. Oh, it's coming hard. Yeah, and they're not good. They're just shirty. Yeah, yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So one of the things that it talks about is it talks about the different places where corrosion can occur within these facilities and why it occurs. So when we look at the collection section, which is one of the first things that we talked about. Now what we have is you have different damage mechanisms here in the collection system. So the main damage mechanism here is the biogenic sulfide corrosion, which if we talked about previously, and we'll probably have an entire episode on this in this series, is uh, what is commonly referred to as MIC. Or microbiological induced corrosion. Yeah, and sometimes uh, they flip out influenced for induced. That's yeah. one of the things that drives me crazy about our industry. Our, acron our acronyms could mean like three things, like uh, CUI. CUI. So you got. It could be coatings under insulation. It could be corrosion under insulation. Yeah. DOI, distinction of image, death of image. Yep. And so, Mick, it'll be good for you to understand the um, basically bugs, little micro bugs. Yep. They eat the sulfites, they poop out the sulfites, get a little shirty. And they excrete uh, the sulfites, whatever. And uh, you want to be all formal. I'm over here getting shirty. <laughs> hey, we're nothing if not formal on this podcast. What goes on there is then another bug comes along and eats that excrement. Yes, that's right. And then uh, you've heard the term eat shirt, right? Yep. Well, this bug does. And then it, it poops out uh, H2S. Excretes H2S? No, poops. H2S. And the H2S, for those of you who don't know, is hydrogen sulfide. But if you do know and you're ch chemically uh, bound like you are, you notice that there's only one little uh, difference between hydrogen sulfide and sulfuric acid, right? It yeah, there's, there's a missing O. Yeah, yeah. So yes, hydrogen sulfide does lead to a high propensity for the occurrence of sulfuric acid. Yes. Usually when it comes in contact with that O. And we are talking about a system that is full of O. Full of O. And, and if you're not aware, that's oxygen. You're right. And it comes in the H2O, which is the water that we're working with. And then those two things combined and, and can make sulfuric acid. So that's very important to consider when you're making a lining selection for the collection system. Because one of the problems that happens when you get this sulfuric acid is it's not uniformly distributed through the system. When you're talking about these primary containment or these collection systems, you've got stratified layers of shirts that will cause this to be more concentrated in some spaces and less concentrated in others. Since you have these little bugs that are creating the hydrogen sulfide, they're frequently found near the edges and near the surface, you end up with this higher level of sulfuric acid in those areas, which leads to the deterioration of your tank substrate, your, your walls, whether it's concrete or steel. Hey, Paul. Do you know Carveline's going to the boat show? Yeah, I've heard that. Not your boat show where you go pick out your bass boat, but the oh. work boat show. Oh, it's a work thing. It's a work thing. Uh, I, see. I, I wonder if they have a catchy jingle like the boat show here. <laughs> you going to sing that for us? No, uh, not on microphone. Chicken. Yep. <laughs> you know the rules. Oh, I do. So anyway. I broke them. Yeah, you did. Several times. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to be at the work boat show in New Orleans, Louisiana. I like New Orleans. I do too. I used to live there. We won't. No, we but won't. But Carboline, the Royal We. 
Yes. We'll be we, there. We will. Yes. That's December 4th through 6th. We're going to be at booth 1701. Stop by. Find out all the solutions that we have for you for your work, about. But another thing we'd like to highlight, because the two totally go together and make all the sense in the world, is our secondary containment line. Carboline has plenty of solutions for protecting the environment from potential leaks and spills. Yes, we do, Jack. And honestly, that falls right into what we've been talking about for this month's episodes. Yeah, I mean, secondary containment is an important part of the wastewater plant because nobody wants that um, stuff. Shirt? Shirt to yeah. leak out into the environment. So once again, Carboline, we have plenty of solutions for you in secondary containment, and we're going to be playing with boats December 4th through the 6th down in New Orleans, Louisiana. If you're there, mail me a muffaletta, please. Thank you. Like what Paul is talking about with those layers, that's actually aqueous phase carbonation that can happen. And pretty much that starts to become a factor in the secondary treatment systems. So the biogenic sulfide corrosion is the main form of corrosion or a damage mechanism, according to this standard, all the way until we get in the secondary treatment systems. And then when we get there, that usually is the, those main forms of attack are the same all the way through the finished product. You have volatile organics, acids, aqueous uh, phase carbonation, and then you could even have some chlorine-induced rebar cor corrosion. Why would they have that? Now, that really is, that's one of the main things that we're trying to prevent by putting coating systems on these concrete surfaces. Uh -huh. You know, concrete is porous. It is a sponge. Literally has, it's full of capillaries that allow moisture and solutions and, and contaminants to move through it. Does it wear square pants? It could. Okay. It could. Yeah. They don't always fit through the capillaries when they're that shape, though. So, as it's moving through... We all know when they make concrete, when they make concrete tanks, roads, structures, they put rebar in it. Now we have recently, in the last couple of decades, I guess, they've been putting rebar in with a coating on it, but it's still a very thin coating, mm -hmm. which then gets concrete dumped onto it as it's being formed. They get scratches, they get nicks. So when all of these chemicals go through, even just water, when they hit the rebar, the rebar starts to corrode. Mm -hmm. And like we've talked about before, the expansion of the corrosion cell can be up to 20 times bigger than the original size. That really has a, has a detrimental effect on concrete from the inside. And concrete has fantastic compressive strength. It has terrible elasticity when you're pulling it apart. Yeah, so as that corrosion starts to form on top of that rebar, it needs somewhere to go. It finds it really quick. Yeah, by creating massive internal pressures. Right. And that's what you see when you see the spalling concrete. That's what that phrase comes from. And you see that a lot on bridges. If any of you drive, you know, north of the Mason-Dixon line, you see that on a lot of overhead bridges when you're driving down the highway where you've got that rusty metal showing that's your rebar that's showing through the side where the top couple inches of concrete have popped off that structure. It's because the salts that they apply to the roadbeds migrate through the, through the concrete. They hit that rebar. The rebar rusts. It expands pops off the concrete that's on top of it. The same thing happens in your wastewater treatment systems. We're looking to put something on that's, number one, going to protect the concrete from being deteriorated. Number two is going to prevent the rebar from being affected. Correct. And like we've talked about in our tank lining episode, the same episodes, the same rules apply. We're going to pick 
linings that have good cross-linking density in comparison to the molecule size of the different commodities and shirts that go through wastewater treatment. And according to this guide that we're using, remember, we're still talking about Technology Guide 27. We're going to be looking at organic polymeric coatings, which that really is what we would normally recommend for these types of systems. Correct. We're talking about, for carboline products, we're looking at the Reactamine 760, with a Plasite 4500, 4500S, 4550. Those are the main things that we look at in these kinds of, of things, along with... 4550HT. And Bitumastic 300M. Coal tar epoxies do great in these kinds Change of systems. Shield. Yep. So these, these high solid products, it allows us to build a thicker film on there because there is going to be a lot of abrasion, especially in these containment, in the collection systems and in the primary containment systems. Because if you remember from last week's episode, we told you everything in the world ends up down there. That's right. So solids in particular matter, everybody say it with me, <laughs> are going to create abrasion. That's right. And we're talking about the spaces that are before, you know, there is a set of rake arms or a conveyor that helps to pull all of these solids out. We're talking about the spaces before we even get to that. So it really has the worst of the impact and abrasion areas. So we usually like to look at thick film coatings for those because they give us that extra buffer. They help when you're doing repairs. They help you to be able to fill in all of the imperfections that are going to be likely on the surface. All right. So next week, I promise, we're going to get to collection systems and probably the very primary treatment. This is where we're collecting shirt. I got nothing else to add. You got nothing else? No. What else is new? So anyway, that's it for this week. Join us next week as we get even more shirty. Nothing. You're not just not, you can't handle it? No. Is um, it too cheesy? Yeah. It's too cheesy? Yeah. Because although most of you listeners don't know, there's things that get edited out. We've already had discussions about this. I've heard all of his shirty jokes all morning long already. Oh, see, now you've done it. (laughs) Well, we hope you don't have a shirty week. And we'll see you next week. And so, for the Carboline Tech Service Podcast, I'm Paul. And I'm Jack. And we'd like like to to thank thank you for your support. Who put the line in Carboline? Who put the line in Carboline? No matter where I go, they don't know what I mean. I say Carboline, but they say Carboline.